So I teach people between the knowledge and the action, courage takes place. And that courage is very important. The only way to have courage is to have the actual knowledge that when you take action, it starts producing results, all of a sudden your confidence goes up. You're like, hey, I can do this. Do small, think big, but start small. I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating on my time spent, letting us know. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, skills, strategies, and systems of successful entrepreneurs so that together we can learn from their experiences, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, parkour athlete turned entrepreneur and real estate investor, and I'm on a mission to help 7.8 billion people achieve success personally, professionally, and financially by empowering their minds and connecting them to the right people. Today, my guest is a man who's been in the real estate space now for well over 40 years. He's been growing his portfolio since 1989. He has almost four decades of experience, over $100 million of assets under management in his personal portfolio, is currently the largest holder of historic properties with special designations for tax exemption in old San Juan, Puerto Rico, has put out over 2,000 training videos online teaching other people how to invest, has trained over 1,000 students, and is the CEO and founder of Medawar International Group, one of the nation's leading investment funds. His personal and professional resume is stacked. However, what I find more impressive about this man is his warm smile, his down-to-earth nature, and his ability to connect with people. Today, we'll be learning about his origin story, his investment strategies that he's created over a nine-figure empire with, and the work ethic that he cultivated to create his enterprise and how he teaches others to do the same. So you all help me in welcoming the unofficial mayor of Old San Juan, Sharif Medawar. Sharif, welcome Thank to you. the show. Thank you, Marlon. Very kind of you. Very nice introduction there. I appreciate that. So, Sharif, I, it was an honor getting to hang out and spend some time with you in Puerto Rico. I loved how you showed us around. You showed us all of your investments. You really spoke and shared so much knowledge and information. And what I want to do for my audience that might not know you yet is I want to take us back to your origin story, to your early adulthood, because I was listening through some of your content and I learned that before stepping into real estate on your own, you actually, you had worked in a space where you're working, I believe, under a billionaire. Yes, yes. And so it was 1980. I had just finished uh, hotel administration classes in Switzerland, um, half Egyptian, half French. I wanted to take intensive classes to finish the hotel school uh, in Switzerland because you can finish the four years in 27 months. So I did that and I had the uh, also a degree in finance. So when I came to uh, United States, I was anxious to work in the hotel business because that's what I had studied, hotel administration. And I knew finance because in Switzerland, what's the second degree? Okay, finance, you know, banking, finance, you know, that's what you want to learn. And uh, I was working at the Century Plaza Hotel, which is um, in Century City, right next to Beverly Hills. And it's uh, an amazing hotel. I mean, to give you an idea, in 1982, it was rated the most perfect hotel in the world. It's a beautiful five star, five diamond. And we had movie stars and we had the president of the United States stay there. It's called the Western White House. Uh, and what happened is um, I was working there around the clock because I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to move up in the ranks. I was 20 
And a hotel guest, a billionaire in the name of Edmond Besari, stopped me in the lobby one day and he said, Sharif, I've been watching you work from 6 a.m. to 10, 11 o'clock at night. What are you doing? And I said, well, I don't know if you noticed, I have a golden name tag that identified me as a potential general manager. And they said, if I work hard for 10 years, I may make it to general manager. He looked at me like, are you crazy or something? He looked at me and he said, Sharif, they tell you what to do. They tell you what to say, when to take vacations. You need to work for a guy like me. I said, doing what? He said, I have properties around the world. I want you to come and speak on my behalf. I'll tell you what to say, what to do, and you go make it happen. I wasn't excited. I got scared. I said, sir, I don't even know residential real estate to know international commercial real estate and all this. Thank you for your confidence in me. I don't know if I can do this. And he grabbed my shoulder and he said, Sharif, you're at the right place at the right time. Just say yes. And I tell you, it was like a spiritual moment because all I said was yes. He said, okay, I got your full name here on your name tag. When are you off? I said, Tuesday, Wednesday. He said, I'm going to go to the travel agency. We have travel agencies in the lobby. And I'm going to get you a flight to New York. I need to spend a couple of days with you so we can talk about what I'm going to throw at you. If you can handle it, it will, it will change your life. So it was amazing. He left me, went down the escalator. And I remember standing there in the lobby thinking, does he have benefits? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to the cafeteria. I had free food. So I, I ran over. I said, Mr. B, sorry. But he had already gone all the way down the stairs and then went to the left. I barely saw the back of his head. Thank God he didn't hear me. Can you imagine me saying, do you have like a free cafeteria? Do you have benefits? So he had passed. And then later somebody came to the dining room where I was because I was managing the dining room and they gave me this um, airfare, uh, the airline ticket. And uh, I went, I met with him and the rest is history. I worked for him for eight years. I learned uh, creative financing. I, he used to tell me what to do and I'd fly to the Caribbean, I'd fly to Europe. I'd, I'd go do things. I was lost with the terminology. I didn't even know what tax increment financing is, what the wraparound mortgage is. And he'd tell me, go tell this guy this, 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 because he wanted to be in Europe. He wanted to be in Paris. He owned the castle in France, the Chateau de Madame de Pompadour. As a matter of fact, in, uh, on LinkedIn, you could see my picture with him. At that time, that picture was, I was 25 years old and he was uh, in his 50s. I mean, the man was amazing and he's very low key. You couldn't tell that he was so wealthy. He had a special made Rolls Royce by Pininfarina, the designer of the Italian factories for Ferrari. He flew him to the British uh, factories of Rolls Royce to design a special car for him. Just amazing stuff. He was a very honest guy, very bright guy. Harvard called him the man with two brains. And I was his right hand man for eight years. So I didn't make much money, but I learned amazing things that changed my life. I love that because you essentially, it was basically almost like an internship, right? You had the ability to have that access, to have, to be close and have that proximity. And although you didn't make the money, you gained a lifetime, uh, invaluable amount of experience. Yes. It's amazing how one deal can change your life. And I've seen him do that over and over and over. And it was just fascinating until eight years later, I realized, wait a minute. We've done a deal with $100,000 and he walked away with $9.9 million. And I, I did the whole negotiation thing. It was a beachfront property. I put it under option for $100,000. Went, negotiated with the city based on what he told me. They gave me special tax deal, a tax increment financing and tax credits. Then I went to Marriott Hotel, sold a lot, the land for that to them at, nine, at $10 million. We had to actually pay that guy, owner of the land, $100,000. Walked away, he made $9.9 million. I put the whole deal together. And I flew back, I'd met him in Wisconsin, and we went to a place called Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. I sat with him and I said, Mr. Besari, I, 
after eight years with you, I think it's time for me to branch on my own because I have enough cash advance on my credit cards. I could have done that deal by myself. And he looked at me, he said, Sharif, it took you eight years to realize you're a free man. You can go with <laughs> my blessings. I was just like, what? And the rest is history. Yeah? Isn't that funny, right? Like at no point was he ever holding you there, but you you stuck there, you, you worked with him and you didn't see yourself as stuck, but you, it took you eight years, like you said, to realize, wait a second, yes. I can be doing things on my own. Because, because in life, we label ourselves. I labeled myself as somebody who wants to become a hotel general manager, and I was going to be stuck there forever. I labeled myself as the right-hand man of a billionaire in Montbessari, and I did the deal on his behalf until I realized I had a moment of cognition like, hey, maybe I can do this on my own. I, I actually, I'm suggesting the deals now. And thank God he was receptive to it. And he told me, I want you to go out there. What I've done for you, go do it for 10 other people. So once I started making my millions, I started doing training. And then it evolved into an education company. Then it evolved into a real estate fund. And it's like you go through life like you're building. And then people say, well, how did you make it all the way here? And you're like, you know what? Incrementally, little by little, in a gradient scale, in a gradual method, that you keep learning and building on what you learn. And it's never easy. Like people think like, wow, you lucked out. There may have been luck in me finding him or him identifying me as a potential somebody to work for him, but there was no luck in keeping the job and growing and learning. And, and I still till today, I'm, I'm 62. Thank God I have good energy. I don't drink. I don't eat meat. I, I exercise a lot. I learn every day. And and the game is tough sometimes. I mean, we, we have some big projects in San Francisco, California. San Francisco now is having a lot of bad news. The lenders are difficult, but we're making it happen and we're closing on deals and we adjust to whatever is happening out there. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, right? I want to highlight the fact that while you were in that hotel originally, when he first saw you, you were working your butt off. You were hustling and that's what caused you to be noticed. But you continued to hustle, right? That just got your foot in the door. But to stay in the room, you had to continuously show up and continually seek to add value and do the action to add that value. Well said, Marlon. And if I may make a couple of points on this. Number one, the key thing is to be at the right place at the right time. I was in Los Angeles, one of the largest cities, and I was in a five-star, five-diamond hotel that had Sean Connery sitting in the lobby, Muhammad Ali walking through the lobby, top of the line, wealthy people, princes from Saudi Arabia, princesses from Europe. It was the place to be. The president of the United States would come, they'll put all the luggage of all the guests in the lobby, all the bomb, uh, these German shepherd dogs would come in and sniff. It was a top of the line hotel. So I put myself in the right place and I worked very hard. So it's not just hard work. It's having the right direction, the right place and, and seeking to grow people. People who are successful notice, notice that other people are willing to work hard. I talk to people now and it was like in their twenties and they tell me, I want to retire early. What do I need to do? Well, you know, I don't know, maybe get into high tech and hopefully you join a high tech company going public and you luck out. But if a fool and his money are soon parted, you know. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. In fact, Warren Buffett speaks about getting into the right boat. You know, it's not just the hard work, it's also making sure that you're in the right vehicle. So after eight years, you decided to part ways. You were gonna step out and move and do things on your own after gaining this wealth of knowledge and experience, what was that like stepping out into your, to your own world and becoming essentially your own individual and rescripting your identity? So what a great question. Uh, actually what happened is I, uh, 
I asked him to give me a recommendation to Hilton Hotels because since my base with him was in the resort, he owned some resorts, and that resort is uh, called Olympia Resort and Spa in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. He sold it, I think, to Princess Resorts or something anyway. So I had asked him, I said, can you give me a recommendation to Hilton? And he said, you don't need it. You can go do real estate. You already know a lot. I said, well, I haven't saved money because I wasn't making a lot. Uh, I I just have good credit and and I just need the base in the hotel business to make sure I'm comfortable. He said, okay. He made them a call and he knew some people there. He said, I'm going to give you a gift. This man not only knows the hotel business, but he knows the real estate. So he can talk to the owners and he can talk to, to Hilton about the management contracts. So they immediately asked me to go to Hilton, uh, the Delmar Hilton, to open the Delmar Hilton in Southern California, North County, San Diego. And uh, uh, I was very nervous. I, I seeked the comfort of the job, but I immediately, as soon like, as less than a couple of weeks, I started looking for real estate right away. We were opening that hotel brand new next to the racetrack. It's a beautiful, beautiful area close to the beach. And I made my first deal a duplex in Solana Beach, California. And uh, I took a duplex just to tell you about my first deal, if I may. Yeah. I put it under contract at 300,000. The property should have been worth 360, but the young lady who was selling it, her dad bought it for her. And she said she had a job offer in Europe and she was all excited about leaving. So she said, if you close quickly, I'll give it to you at 300,000. So it was like 295, I'm rounding the numbers. So I went to the bank and they said, well, you can get a Nina loan. I said, who is Nina? Can I meet Nina? <laughs> they said, it's no income, no asset qualification. We just can give you a 5% down if you work or live in the Del Mar, Solana Beach area. So I kept asking for special programs because they didn't have money. I literally took cash advance from my credit cards and the Nina loan, they didn't ask you, where did you get the money from? And I put it in escrow, closed on the deal. I mean, literally put $15,000 down, got the duplex under contract. And I actually immediately split the units into two townhouses and I sold them separately and ended up making net in my bank. It went from my bank account having $1,500 to 156,000 sitting cash in the bank account. I, I thought I could own the world at the time. I was 28. <laughs> I had worked for him for eight years and I was out there. I went and I, I started thinking if I did this with a duplex, what if I get an apartment building and split it into condos and sell them individually? I'll make a million dollars. And I put a deal, 172 units in Mira Mesa, California. I found it on the penny saver. There was no internet at the time. And the owner was a kind man. Sometimes God puts the right people on your road, on your journey. And sometimes he puts some very difficult people and you learn from both. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to see who are the angels and who are the devils on your way and how to work with each to be able to find your way until you have the money to fight the devils and to help the angels. I mean, I truly believe this is like a journey that is spiritual, not just financial. And he helped me. He said, okay, put it under contract. Uh, you know, I'll give you 90 days to close. I just want to tell the world that it's under contract. It's going to create excitement. So I put the deal under contract and I had his okay to go talk to the tenants at the 172 unit apartment building. And I started asking them, would you be interested to own instead of renting? And they'll be like, yeah, I'm interested to own, but I can't afford this. I'm paying 900 in rent. San Diego rent was very expensive, even at that time. I'd say, would you pay 1200 and you become an owner? I'll show you the numbers. You will get back 300 because the property tax, the property, this, the expenses, and this as an owner, it will benefit you. You can claim more deduction. So through education, I realized I'm able to sell people on the concept of becoming wealthy. 
And one after the other started signing this petition that I wanted to go and take to the city. And when I took it to the city, I told the city, I am interested in separating this. I have it under contract. Would you allow me to condominiumize the apartment building? And the first reaction from the guy at the city, he said, no, we don't need you to do condos there. Have a nice day. And I left right away. I, didn't, I, I was just so you know, upset. And then the next day I went and I got more signature. There are like two, you know, 172 people in the apartment building. All I was able to get is like maybe 17 signatures, just page one. And I went to the uh, city again a couple of days later. I said, look, I got pages and pages of all these, these renters that signed here that they want to own. You're holding people back. I'm going to go to Channel 4. I'm going to bring them to the city meeting on Wednesday. And I'm going to expose you to the world. You don't want people to become owners. And I realized sometimes you don't have to be nice to make it. Sometimes you have to be very difficult and disagreeable. And if your range of personality can fluctuate from being kind and nice and generous to being very difficult, very disagreeable and, and annoying, you will make it. And they said, okay, okay, we'll give, you, we'll give you that approval. We don't have a problem. No need to create a big issue with this. And I got the approval. And when I got the approval, I flipped the apartment building and I became a millionaire right before the Gulf War in January 6, 1991, I remember having the money market collapsed because Camp Pendleton in San Diego, all the military went to the to the Gulf War. Bush wanted to declare war on these guys, and it was just uh, crazy. So that's what happened. You know what? And I, Sharif, that's amazing because what's really cool here is, as I was listening, first, the, the fact that within the first two deals, you were able to get to that standpoint of a million. But I like where your mind was which was you looked at how to add value, right? You purchased the duplex and you split it into two townhomes, creating more value within the property. And then I like that your mind immediately went to scale. It said, exactly. hey, if I can do this at two, why can't I do this at 172? Which I think sometimes people, they think the, the ladder to graduate to that scale maybe is a 30-year process before they can ever look at doing a, a commercial unit, 172 units. I'm curious as like what your opinion is on that of, do you feel that people have to stay in that single family space, that small residential space before sometime moving into commercial or can no. they through understanding move there sooner? Yeah, actually what I've done is I immediately realized the big money is in commercial real estate, not even apartment building. I, I, I'm not crazy about apartment buildings. This is a lot of headaches, a lot of moving parts, a lot of to buy it, you have to do a lot of due diligence. I realized there are 12 different types of freely commercial buildings. And I realized that that's where the end goal is. And the end goal is simplicity. So if the end goal is simplicity, why not start with simplicity? So I got into commercial real estate and um, got bigger, bigger into commercial real estate. And then actually when I started my education company to help others, I started showing people how to get into commercial real estate. And once I do one, once they do one or two deals, now they want to elevate the game. So I started teaching people how to set up their own real estate funds because, you know, the first 10 years I did my own deals. Then the next 10, 10 years I was doing big commercial stuff and I was training people. And then the, the, the third decade, if you will, of my life and career was to actually set up a real estate funds of my own and have people invest with me or help them set up real estate funds so they can actually have people invest with them. And that has been amazing because... The first eight years, if you will, I'm working for somebody to learn. Mm -hmm. Next 10 years, I'm applying what I learned. 
and I'm teaching a little bit here and there. Then I actually started really teaching and growing. And then next thing is setting up a fund where people can invest with me and helping others get into commercial real estate, like wholesaling, where they find specific properties and assign them to my fund. I train them. I give them my proof of fund. I give them tenant list to call. And I tell them, I'm the guy you call. And we have, we have over 2,000 video success stories on YouTube. There is no education company that has as many as I have. None or lasted as long as I have in the business of educating and investing. Yeah. And you know what, what's really cool is the fact that you're out there and you're still very actively doing this today, which is something I want to highlight because when I was down in Puerto Rico just a few weeks ago with you, you were very actively in the middle of projects. I got to meet your crew. I got to meet your team. I got to see a lot of what you were working on. And I was blown away with your oh, absolute sure. right, by the way. You have energy. Give me just one second. Absolutely. You're done completely? Yes, uh, I, I wanted to pay you. Is, is uh, it? I, I can send you the. Okay, send it. I'll do it. I'll do it by zero. By whatever it's called. Yeah, this is the, for the bracket. This okay. is for the tutorial. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Ruben. Sorry, I'm on an interview. All the better. Thank you, sir. I'm so sorry, Marlon. I'm no, so sorry. no problem at all. It's fun. Like, I, because this is what I'm talking about. Like, you're very, you're still actively doing the business. The business is happening right now as we speak. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Those, those were maintenance people and handling some stuff in my house. I'm I'm in one of my homes here. This is in uh, Los Angeles. So they were hooking up some stuff back there. So, you know, what I like, though, is the fact that you're doing you're doing the business and you're teaching people from what you're actively going through today. You're still very actively in the trenches. And the fact that you're able to you went through the process, right? You spent the first decade learning the next decade doing the next decade beginning to teach. And now it's, you're almost, you're the people that you've taught, you're now getting to do with the people you taught. Next, you are so right. I have created a bigger pie where everybody can participate and the excitement is amazing. So, so the two key programs I've done was one called the joint venture. So I teach people how to identify, should I tell you about this? Please, I would love to. So I tell people, let's look wherever you are in the United States, look, at a single tenant building, like a standalone building that accommodates like a Jack in the Box, a Starbucks, uh, any QSR, like quick service restaurant, but it's standalone and it's vacant. You will see that they have a sign that says vacant for rent or vacant, usually available or for sale. So I train the people to call on these buildings and ask the broker, how much do you want for the building? And then they assess the value of the building. There is a formula to assess value based on rent, etc. And then they use my proof of fund, which is I have funds, I have cash sitting in my real estate funds, and they can say I'm speaking on behalf of Mixif. Mixif is one of my funds, Metawar International Group Security Income Fund. And they say, I work with Sharif Metawar. We have this fund. It's been filed since 2009. It's been up and running for almost 15 years now. And look, here's the million dollars sitting cash. We want to buy this property all cash, but this is our offer. Would you represent us? Well, the broker is excited to double dip, represent the seller and a buyer, but we make an offer at a certain price. We show that we're gonna buy cash and we're gonna close in about 45 days. Guess what? The broker said, okay, let me get you that price. Let me lock it in for you. Then I train them not only what to say to the broker, I train them how to identify who are the best tenants that will come into that area based on certain area criteria. And I give them a list of tenants, over 4,500 national tenants that would want to lease. We made the effort to compile the list of the name of the tenants. Like, let's say, I mean, take Subway. Who to contact in Subway? 
And then I train them exactly what size spaces they want, who are the neighboring tenants they like to be next to. And I train these students slash joint venture partners on the script, what to tell these big tenants. I have uh, 2,000 square feet at 123 El Camino Real. I'll send you a video. Here are the details, etc. And there is certain things you send by email to them. And all you need, if you sit down and call 10 per day, and we have the deal under contract for 45 days, within a week to two weeks, you're going to know if you got somebody interested. All we need is one tenant. And when that tenant says, I'm very interested, I'd like to discuss the details, they email me that email because they usually do it by email say we're available this day and this day can we get on a call and then i get on that call and with that joint venture student that lined up the deal with the actual tenants like we had a call just the other day with church chicken and there was the main guy in charge that for the real estate department the guy that's in charge for opening the stores and there was my student joint venture guy and myself and we talked about what's called the letter of intent how many years they want to lease, how much they're going to pay, and what are the terms if they need tenant improvement, and all this. There's a whole list that I train people on, and I say, listen to me negotiating. It's on Zoom. It's recorded. It will be yours. You will know that business model for the rest of your life. And we had, to give you an example, we have that property under contract at $800,000, that single tenant building with a drive through We talked to Church Chicken. They're coming in, and they're going to be paying $100,000 a year. It's it's 97,000. I'm rounding it up. Mm -hmm. You take that rent and you go times 16, the value of the building will be 1.666, almost $1.7 million because it's become 6% cap. Like people will pay 1.7 million to have some company like Church Chicken have a lease for 10 to 15 years with a corporate guarantee. Those type of tenants give a corporate guarantee. That means we guarantee we're going to pay you by the publicly traded company. Number two, they take the space and they sign 10 to 15 years. You don't have to worry about it for years. Number three, they give it to us triple net. That means they pay us the lease and they pay it net of tax, insurance. I mean, the value of the building, we have it under contract at 800,000. Now it's going to be a million seven. That's 900,000 jump in value in 45 days. So how exciting is that? In the interest of full disclosure, we're going to give the tenant $100,000 for tenant improvement. So the gain is 800,000. But the key thing for that student joint venture partner that lined up the deal with me, that $900,000 upside from the deal being under contract at 800 to is going to be valued at a million seven. We know the formula. You go whatever the rent is going to be paid times 16, okay? Because that's the 6%. I'm just making this, the math simple. Whatever the base rent times 16 is a million seven. I pay him on that 900,000, I give him 10%. So he literally made some phone calls, used my proof of fund, made some phone calls with the tenants, lined up for a phone call with me, and he's going to make $90,000. We're only waiting. By Friday, we're going to know if they want to sign for 15 years. If they sign 15 years, guess what? I give 25% of that upside. Upside being the contract price versus the value once they sign the deal. And 25% of 900000 it's almost a quarter of a million dollars. It's 175,000 he's gonna make. This guy was working a whole year making 40,000 a year. Wow. And this is his first deal. And I know there is a degree of effort and degree of luck, but such is life. He found the right property. He told them, the, the, uttered the exact words I trained him on. It's a very scientific training. I said, this is how I made millions. 
repeat it. I'm not all over the country, but now I have a lot of money and I can actually help you grow with me because you're going to make 90,000 to 175,000 on that deal. There is another gentleman, Shane. He put a success story for me on YouTube. He made 1.1 million in, in, in less than 12 months. I mean, it's out there and people say, well, I don't know if retail because retail is not so good. Are you kidding me? The QSR, the quick service restaurants were the fastest growing even during COVID. They were the ones doing business. So that's like wholesaling commercial real estate. And I went off on attention because you asked the question, should people start in residential then go into this? Guess who comes to me now? All these wholesalers that say I'm doing a lot of wholesaling, I have people calling on people to find a desperate seller. With me, you don't have to find a desperate seller. We're going to the brokers listing the property that's vacant. We put it under contract. We smile and dial for all these national tenants. All we need is one. Let's, let's create a problem. Let's say you did that, Marlon, and you put the property under contract and you're calling tenants. And for 44 days out of the 45 days under contract, not one tenant calls you back. Are you obligated to buy? No. If you put $5,000 in escrow to lock in the property and you show them my proof of fund that you're going to buy it, you get it back. You have no risk. You have no downside and a huge upside. You just actually practice calling tenants. And if one of the tenant calls you back and says, I got your message, but we want a larger space or we want something on the other side of that street or we want something around the corner closer to the university. Now you know what they're looking for. You go and you get it. The, the funny part is people do the first deal with me, sometime maybe the second deal, then they're on their own because now they have the experience, they have the, the, uh, the training, they have the money because they made it from the assignments to, to my fund. And my fund, we get them in, we work the deal with the tenants, and then we turn around and we sell the property and get back more cash. So my funds have been growing like this. You know, and Sharif, I, I got to say, I love this because I'm one of the people that I started off wholesaling a few years back. Oh, and what you provide with providing the list, providing the proof of fund, you're taking away a lot of the, the headaches that people experience when they jump into the industry and they're not aware of all the nuance and the moving parts where you're really like, that's a very, very simple process. And to your point, it's the same amount of work and the same amount of effort to do big deals as it is to do small deals. I would actually almost argue that it's a little bit easier to do big deals because mm -hmm. when the payoff comes, it feels much more worth it. Yes. I mean, even in my fund, we do, we mix all types of assets. So we do that and we also do um, high-end residential in, uh, in San Francisco. So yeah, San Francisco is having some issues with negative news and all this. But you know what's amazing is we are actually getting these high-end luxury properties from 6 million to 25 million and when i buy them we take the basements we actually dig down two, you know two feet or three feet and then we add that square footage cost us 500 square foot to do it but on the exit is two thousand dollars square foot two three million dollar profit per property it takes us two years but it's very hard not to make money when you have a formula so my fund is diversified by location san francisco puerto rico other parts of the country with the students we even do developments in Florida from the ground up for cookie cutter homes that are at half a million, 450,000. So I, the second program I do is I help people. Hey, now you're making money. Now you know how to make money. How about if I show you how to set up your own real estate fund? Not a syndication. A syndication is just one asset. Like you buy an apartment building once, you raise the money, you got to close in 90 days, and it's just you have to sell it within five years. A real estate fund where you can actually set up the actual structure. People can give you money. And you can go buy different types of assets. You don't even have to sell the assets. You can refinance them, cash out the investors, keep the assets for your family. The investors are happy. You're happy. The local community is happy. 
And that that's, I call it cracking the code on real estate funds. And we have done so well. We're setting up every month, five to six people. And, and then I tell them in the beginning, if you want to gain credibility, you can actually do something like with me where you you set up the fund. I, I set it up for them as turnkey. Like I discuss with them what they want. I have my in-house attorneys. We set it up for them. And then when they raise money, we can do joint venture together, but with real money. So so when they're raising money, I'm with them on the phone. So, hey, I'm with Sharif Medawar. We're doing joint venture. So that's like the next level of how to deal with me. And that's what created credibility for a lot of people that are starting. I even have a gentleman that's doing wholesaling. And he said, the only way it's going to make sense if I scale this. But we're sometimes buying some of these properties to, to rehab them because they're so profitable. But we don't have yet the money because we keep putting it back in marketing and staffing and commissions. And now he got in. I have another guy and he set up his own real estate fund with me through me because he didn't know what to tell the attorneys. He said, I know what I want to do, but I don't know what to tell the attorney. said, I'm not going to tell you. I'll set it up. I need 30,000. I'll set it up. But I can suggest for you because I have liability with the Security and Exchange Commission. So he came to me, he saw some stuff on YouTube, and then he called Ashley, my VP in the office. And he said, uh, Ashley, I need to reach Sharif. I need him to help me set up a turnkey fund. And his business is taking off like crazy. There is another guy who has been doing loans. He's been a broker for mortgage loans. And he, coincidentally, his wife was sick and she started watching YouTube videos and she called him over and she said, look at this guy on YouTube. He's setting up people with funds. He's saying you can raise money and deploy that money. So he called the office the next day and he said, I want to talk to Sharif. And we set him up and now he's able to raise money and, and do commissions and loans. Like he raises money like at 8%. He loans it at 12 because it was hard money, 12 and 14. And he's making float on the money plus commissions. And he's just actually selling these loans after he's done. His business, he told me, if I met you a couple of years ago, I'd be worth several millions today. I've been just making commissions and points on these loans. Sometimes people don't realize their potential until somebody like what happened to me, tapped them on the shoulder and says, you're at the right place at the right time. You need to do this. That's what, how it happened to me. And I'm trying to pass that forward. And I've been doing it. And people tell me, well, why don't you just go enjoy life? Go sit by the beach. I agree. My life is a lot simpler now. I don't work as hard because I balance it. I go take trips. I just was one month in Europe. But guess what? In Europe, every day we were doing a cruise. At the end of each day, I went on my email and I answered some students. I answered some people that are doing stuff. And it's a beautiful day. And I come back and I go full force. Then I take another vacation. And I take one actually at the end of this month. Going to be in Puerto Rico for some business. I'm doing some training there for the joint venture. People come in and spend a full day with me on the 26th. And, uh, and the next day, we're going horseback riding by the beach. We're going out on the catamaran. And my sister and her husband are coming over, my nephews. And so you got to balance your life. It's, it's a very hard mission when you get so immersed in what you do you got to step back sometimes and say okay i gotta have some fun here because you come back so refreshed i you know what i i love that and i like what you're you're doing right you're paying it forward you're showing others the way especially with teaching them how to create that fund it's in my mind it's one of like you said it's cracking the code because when we learn how to gain access to the capital and then we understand how to identify the deals and we can put the two together. We're putting puzzle pieces together. And I know in my own personal journey, that was something when that mental shift occurred, it changed everything about everything. And so, so I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and it's fun and, and it's a symbiotic relationship. Uh, I used to just train people and say, okay, here's what you can go do. And I charge 
enough to cover my expenses because I have an office and staff and we got to book banquet rooms, etc. And then COVID hit and I started doing stuff online and I saw this the same impact, of course, because I had a history of performing. People saw me. I mean, you go on YouTube, you see me with more hair. You see me like you see, I've been teaching forever. I have a couple of best-selling books, one of them called Blue Ocean Opportunities in Commercial Real Estate. I mean, I sell it at $1.99. Uh, on, on Amazon, have very good reviews. We became a bestseller. I co-authored the book with Steve Forbes. I, I wrote a blog one time. His office called me from New York and they said, okay, he's writing a book. He loves what you got. Why don't you come over and then we can talk about if you want to have um, the opportunity to write the whole section in the book and he will give you, um, he will put your name with him. And I thought somebody's joking. It's like, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, you go ahead and send me the tickets to New York. He said, send the email. Two minutes later, I get an email from Steve Forbes' office. I flew to New York. I spoke at the Mar Marriott Marquis. It's actually on YouTube also. And, you know, I had a whole afternoon with him and he loved what I wrote. I wrote about how the 12 steps to make it in the United States, whether coming in as an immigrant, whether a young person starting, how to build the credit, how to actually uh, learn, how to get a job in the beginning to learn certain skills, like how to communicate, how to sell, how to, um, uh, you know, partner up with people. And it's good to work with big companies like I did. I worked Century Plaza. I learned that there are systems, there are ways to communicate and how networking is so important. Because what you need is knowledge. You need to take action, relentless action. Okay. And number three, you need to network. Because if you don't network, you don't have the allies that will show you the shortcut. You're going to be just going the long way for everything. And there isn't enough time to do that. And the network is what's going to lead you to the next level, which is now I know I can join venture with somebody. Now I know I can set up a real estate fund and people can join me. And I really offer people what I wish somebody offered me when I started, because Besari, the, the billionaire I worked for, helped me a lot, sending me do things and demonstrated how it's done. I didn't do joint ventures with him. He didn't, you know, when he, he did the deals, he didn't have any participate in profits or in any returns. But he was a phenomenal man, and it's uh, one of the most impactful people in my life. I owe him so much. He, he passed away in, uh, in 2016 in, in Monaco, in uh, Monte Carlo, yeah, in Europe. Wow. And so I, I'm curious, right, because what you just shared is extremely helpful. And I want to ask you, if you had a young 18-year-old, young man, young woman sitting in front of you, and they said, okay, Sharif, my goal is I want to be, create an eight-figure net worth in mm -hmm. front of, like, I want to do that in the shortest period of time that I possibly can. What would be the roadmap if you had to give them a somewhat generic roadmap? They have no kids. They are in a position where they have no one dependent on them. What would you suggest that individual do? Okay, so interestingly enough, my kids, my son is 15 and my daughter is 17. And last year, they they... I saw them starting to watch my videos and they hear me talk on the phone and this is, and um, they said, okay, so we want to learn this. We're ready. So I had them attend the joint venture training. It's a one day intensive training. When I say intensive, it's like we start 8 a.m. We finish 4, 5 p.m. Usually I have people fly to old San Juan, Puerto Rico, meet me in my office there because we can walk right down the street and they can see a hundred million dollar portfolio. I have practiced what I said. I, I said, look, this street, I own the street. This other one right here where the cruise ships arrive in, Puerto Rico's U.S. territory, where they walk, the traffic, credit card in hand, where they shop, is all my buildings and my tenants and the national tenants. And I show them how I brought these tenants in. So I tell them the theory, mm -hmm. I show them the application of it, and I explain to them, 
you can network with me because now when you put the deals under contract, you can assign them to me. Second deal you can do on your own because you made money assigning the first deal. And my kids sat there and believe it or not, I start with word definition. What is escrow? What is a single tenant building? What is going dark? What is a lease with an option to buy? What is a lease and sublease? So I spend an hour and a half defining the words. And when you understand how education work, the reason some people blow off and say, I don't wanna read this. I just read the whole thing. I don't understand the thing. Look, I'm at the end of the page. I don't understand. It's because there are some words you misunderstood. So the fast way to learn is the slow way. And nobody has figured out the basics. I said, just let's define this word. Let's define this word. Let's see the context, what it means. So I follow a formula called DCBA, definition, the concept. Why are we using this? Why are we doing a lease sublease? Why are we doing an option to buy? Why are we actually, what's the difference between a lease and a rent? What's the difference between somebody who's gone dark, somebody who, and all these definitions, people get lost with it. Your brain stops. You're like, what is he talking about? I define the words, I explain the context, then I explain the business model. One, it's like cooking. What do you do first? What do you do second? It's a business model. Three, four, all of a sudden you're cooking, I give you the business model. You get the flour, you get the eggs, you mix it like this, you bring the hot chocolate, you bring the cocoa, you bring the butter, you mix it, put it. Next thing you know, you're like the chef. You just understood what the ingredients are, all the definition, what the concept is all about, what you're trying to achieve with that cake and the business model, the steps and the application for success. What action do I need to get to, to, to put forward to be able to achieve this? And once you do it once and you put it again, you start becoming creative with it. You go from the physical universe of time, space, energy, and, and all this effort into the spiritual world where you create. You come up with ideas like, oh, let me ask this seller if he wants to do it that way. Let me ask this broker if he would consider this and let's meet with him or her to talk about that, your creativity goes to another level and you're only limited by your training because it gives you the possibilities, your creativity, which is what you bring from your own character and experience and your ability to communicate because you got to communication is the universal solvent and you get people telling you, well, I don't want to talk to this guy. I don't want to say this. I don't know if I should ask him. Maybe they will say no. So I teach people between the knowledge and the action courage takes place and that courage is very important the only way to have courage is to have the actual knowledge that when you take action it starts producing results all of a sudden your confidence goes up you're like yeah i can do this do small think big but start small don't don't go risk it all and then you build on it and then one day you tip it's a tipping over tipping point and uh, and you know the idea at the end of the day is that you own productive assets. You own buildings that produce income forever after. You get that church chicken in the building. There's, we're waiting to see in a couple of days, we're gonna know if they're gonna sign for 15 years. That means I do the work once, I'm gonna give them 100K for tenant improvement. They're gonna do the improvement. They're gonna start paying for 15 years. They're gonna pay me the rent, plus increases 3% per year. Plus the loan is gonna get paid down by them. So I get the loan, I got the building that increased in value and the building will increase when the debt decreases. I can become wealthy, wealthier, wealthiest. How many deals do you wanna make? You make as many as you can because you got it under contract at 800, but when the tenant signed, it's worth a million seven. So the, bill, the, the, tenant, the, the bank is willing to give you the, the 800. If the bank is not willing, they'll give you 600. Guess what? Many people will upfront the 200 and partner with you. 
You see, you can even get hard money loans on this until you get the tenant, then refinance cash. I mean, you're only limited by your creativity and you can take a good deal to a better deal to a best deal and then repeat. One deal can change your life. And if you have that income that pays your basic expenses, it becomes a game. That's very, and I hope y'all were listening, right? Like if you're listening to this as a recording, go back and re-listen to those last five minutes over and over because that's incredible advice where you're you're telling them essentially what I heard and you tell me if I'm wrong they've got to sit down and educate themselves first go and get education from a credible individual like yourself which I love by the way I got to say this when people introduce their family into their business in my opinion it speaks loudly about what they believe about their business when you, you separate your family from your business it means maybe you think there's something wrong I love that you're inviting your children in to the business and you're inviting them into the education and you're showing them that speaks volumes about what you do. And so yeah. to get educated by a, a qualified mentor and then taking the action, I, I love what you said, I break it down to the simple definitions and then act on it until that repetition of action kicks in until we have a little bit of habit there. It's going to be really hard to think creatively. But when it starts to become a little bit more habitual, when it gets a little bit easier, then creativity can start to kick on and kick in. Exactly. Like, I got to tell you, like at one point, I mean, my sister is a doctor. My brother-in-law is a doctor. At one point, I got scared if my kids want to become doctors or architects or engineers or attorneys. I said, oh, my God, you know, that's going to be like, uh, it's difficult. But all I can do is enhance whatever they want to do. They want to become singers. They want to become whatever. But... Thank God they had the presence of mind through observation and the good and the bad of what I have to deal with in real estate to say, you know what, we want to do what you do. We like that. We like to walk around and see the buildings. We like to see that even when it's stressful, you're playing the game. And if you approach winning and losing with the same level of enthusiasm, you will win because nothing will get to you and you will not play inside the problems. You will be looking outside and you will advise yourself as if you're advising your best friend. You become your own best advisor because it's a game. Good or bad, it's a game. It's like I'm playing volleyball and I twist my finger and the guy stepped on my foot and it's like, it's okay, let's go, let's go. We lost, that's okay. Let's play the next game. Let's change course here and now. And you get excited about it, the process and the proceeds. And yes, sometimes you may have some challenges and losses or whatever, but if you're doing enough deal and you understand that you have six formulas, number one is the safety. You have money your real estate fund or your own money, first look for safety. Return of your money is as important, if not more important than return on your money. Number one, safety. Number two, cash flow. Will that deal provide me cash flow or will it provide me big cash out when I fix it and sell it? Number three, do I have liquidity? Can I borrow against it? Can I sell it? Can I uh, use it as extra collateral? Number four, Cash reserves, you gotta have cash reserves. It's peace of mind, opportunities when the market goes bad to use these cash reserves to get some good deals. Uh, it's it's opportunity to, to save yourself from a dark day, lender changes stuff on you, you got the reserves. Number five, you gotta have what I call diversification. So in my real estate fund, I'm diversified by location, San Francisco mainly, uh, Old San Juan, Puerto Rico for, for, for uh, activities, and Florida, uh, west coast of Florida. Now, also get diversified by type of assets, luxury residential, cookie cutters in Florida, mixed use commercial in Puerto Rico. And then also by style of investing, buy, fix, and sell these luxury homes, get the land built from the ground up, cookie cutter homes, 
and buy, reposition the mixed-use commercial Puerto Rico. So when you are diversified three ways, no matter where the market goes, you can survive and prosper over time. Because if you do well year one, you'll do better year two, year three, year four, as the debt gets paid down and the building replacement cost and inflation works to your advantage. When people complain about inflation, that's good for building owners. And then the last thing, the number six thing, is actually what I call having a, a, a variety of plans. Plan B, plan C, plan D, meaning if I can sell this property, I can rent it. If I can rent it long term, I can do Airbnb. If I can't rent it Airbnb, I can then split it and do commercial. I can do office space. Maybe I can turn it into medical space. And having all these options have to do with your ability to acquire trainings and see what's out there. Observation fills out the void of knowledge that you have. You go and you look and you meet more people. And when I actually train people, I create that network. On the 26th, I got nine people coming in for joint venture. We limited how many people per city, so they're not on top of each other. So I have people coming from Atlanta. I have somebody from Orlando. I have somebody coming from Seattle. And they all sit in the same principles. It's just different cities. And once they do one, two deals, they're gone on their own. I have to train somebody else in Seattle. And, and we've been doing that for quite a few years. Very, very successful. Thank God. Uh, I love that. And what's nice is if someone's listening and they, you could take even just the, the principles that you just explained and they can put that test, they can run a stimulation in their mind and realize, hey, if I stick to these principles, it is really hard, if not impossible to get hurt. Yes, investments carry risk, but when we stick to the principles that keep you safe, I, yes. that is really important. That's why it's so important to go and find people to learn from, to not, you've already walk the path and the path was shown to you by a mentor and the mentor showed him the path and so on and so forth where we don't have to recreate the wheel additionally unlike other education company i don't sell the program and say john doe is going to fulfill it i am the guy doing the training mm -hmm. so why do i take time because it makes me a lot of money so i want them to succeed because there is this if they know how to find the right building it gets easier to talk to the right tenants then when we get on the call, I'm closing the tenant and they get paid. So, so why am I so involved? Because I'm going to make a lot of money and they're going to make a lot of money. And I'm going to get more success stories and then they're going to actually do better and better. And then they're going to come back and say, I want to set up my real estate fund because everybody want to join me in this. And then they set up the fund. And if they find a good deal, now we're at a different level. Their fund can work with my fund as fund of funds. And the whole thing goes to another level. So... In the joint venture, I do the training. In cracking the code for commercial real estate funds for even if they want to do it residential, I'm the guy. I give it to them turnkey. Why? Because it's going to help me grow with them. Other people, they're just selling, they're just selling coaching and whatever. Somebody else is fulfilling it. And that other guy may or lady may not even have a condo, let alone talking about how they can make millions, you know. Yep. Big difference. Who is giving you that training? Yep. And I've come across those trainings. That's why I'm always... I'm very sure even I know you and I just recently met even the people I bring onto this podcast. I'm very selective with who I bring on because they're the people that present that this is what they do. And then there are the people that actually do what it is yes. they say they do. And I'm very much about putting in front of people, the right people, because I just understand the power of proximity, the power of connecting to the right individual. It has the ability to change lives. So true. So Sharif, I want to be respectful of your time because um, I do appreciate you coming on here. I want to ask you three final questions to close this out. Mm -hmm. The first question is a lot of people and individuals, they have large ambitions. They want to grow, 
And they're not in that position where maybe I am or where you were all those years ago where they're young and they're single and they can just run off. And basically they can afford to chase after their dreams. Maybe they have a family and a wife and kids. How do you now as a family man communicate with your spouse, communicate with your kids about building the business and being able to allocate your time and attention and energy towards the business? How does that conversation go? So, uh, Unfortunately, my wife passed away two years ago, but uh, when she was alive and uh, we got married, she knew my ambition and she always told me, like, you know, this is what you like to do. I'll support you. So I had explained to her, you know, how can I make your life enjoyable in what you want to do? How can I create that environment at home that you're happy with so I can do my thing? And I remember, uh, like, I would go to do a seminar and she would drive me to the airport. And then when I get off the car, she would say, uh, you know, you don't need to do this, but I know you like doing it. So go enjoy it. Go have fun. So we had that understanding. And when we had kids, um, when the kids were so young and we had an agreement on how to raise the kids and, you know, how like we, we never argued. Like if she says, no, you shouldn't go out. I would say, OK, then they, hey, kids, you can go out. Your mom said, no, you know, I, I align with her, even if there is a disagreement. And what I did is that uh, she wanted to spend time in Cancun, live by the beach. So I bought part of a hotel there. We lived in Cancun most of the time. They went to a private school. So I provided her with the environment that makes sense for her. Um, she was originally from Mexico. So we met in California, but we wanted to spend time in Cancun. So I would travel, do my business. I would travel to Puerto Rico, travel to California and do my stuff and come back. And at home, I created a certain harmony. And it's so important to create harmony at home. You... Um, you have to learn when you have a spouse how to gain their support by being calm, by being clear, by being patient when you have to explain something. And if they explain something to you and they're not calm, clear, or patient, you have to learn to actually absorb that and work with them again. And it all stems from the minute you come home and how you greet them. Hi, how are you? And you set the tone for the entire atmosphere of being at home. Now, unfortunately, she passed away, brain aneurysm. It happened like this, 48 hours, and I lost her. You know, that was uh, the first year I was, it was very difficult, but I recovered. My kid's doing fine. Uh, and, you know, thank God that I have real estate and all this. It allowed me to help my kids understand what the potential of life, that you have to practice a degree of detachment. It helps you in life as problems happen. We're not immune to problems. It's not like money is going to help you not get sick or, or not lose a loved one. But the key thing is if you have your priorities right, which is being happy, being healthy, and being wealthy. Happiness is the priority. I've seen sick and people dying, but they're happy. They feel they've accomplished the most they can. They did the best for their loved ones. So happiness is number one, which comes from being ethical, from having goals, from actually constantly improving and having fun. And being healthy it has to do with just sleep well, eat well, exercise, and check up and follow up with the doctor. And being wealthy is you got to learn and apply and network. You got to have productive assets, protect those assets. We have the best asset protection program. I mean, if they go to my website, which I can say it later, they could see the asset protection program. It's one of the best in the country. It beats any other asset protection nobody if they sue me and win they will lose because they, they will get phantom tax they can't even collect a penny set up properly and then you set up a legacy to pass on all this to your loved one and my loved ones are not just my kids it's the students the investors that trusted me through the years 
it becomes truly a whole different level of living. Mm -hmm. So I sorry I went into a long answer, but you hit a, a key point here about family, and that's very important. Very important. Yeah, really and, and if you don't get the support, you adjust to see what your priorities are. What will make you and that spouse of yours happy? What will make you and her or him healthy? So you can create some wealth and maybe it will take you a little longer. And Sharif, I truly appreciate you taking the time to answer that question and to answer it in depth. Because again, you know, I, I'm very much, I pick up on people's authenticity when I spend time with them and the energy that radiates off of you. It truly is a person who is grateful for every moment of life that you have. And Thank I you. absolutely love that. That's an amazing answer. Thank you. The second, question I, the second question I have here for you is, for me, books helped change my life and helped change my mind. I didn't necessarily get a tap on the shoulder, but I did get knocked over the head when I picked up Think and Grow Rich and realized, huh, I think there's something here. So I'm curious for you, has there ever been any books that you've picked up throughout your lifetime that were very much paradigm shifts that after you read that book, your mind never quite went back to the same way of thinking as it did before. Okay, well, uh, believe it or not, as simple as uh, the book, uh, How to Make Friends and Influence People. I, it was in a box at my home, uh, and uh, I, it was a French edition. I read in French, and, uh, and I looked at it, and I said, I was 13. I started reading it. I started practicing how to listen to people, how to ask them questions, and really get interested in people in school and that made me very popular and it just as you practice something it becomes your habit it becomes your personality it helped me a great deal and then uh, later in life it wasn't books i must admit i don't read a lot i i'm not crazy about books because i like to create my original thoughts like i like as i live and meet people and pay attention and take my notes i can create with my own i I don't like to read too many books because it influences my thinking too much. I, I know it's a little crazy, but I find it more useful to like today I had a conversation with a broker and he called me to ask him about one property, but I like the way he talks and the way he presents himself. So I asked him more about himself and the conversation went for 20 minutes and he said, wow, I only had two minutes, but it was so interesting talking to you, but it was him talking. I, I didn't, I didn't tell him anything about me. But I learned so much from how he presents things and how he deals with his clients that this guy is very interesting. And that's how I learned a lot. And I constantly observe and analyze. Then I communicate and evaluate. And once I observe, because you see, truth is something you observe, right? Observe and then I analyze. And I'm analyzing facts and figures. The guy is saying this, but he's dressed like that. The guy said he's coming at 10, but he came in at 11. He says he's prompt, but he's not. See, you observe and analyze, then you communicate. You communicate, you send the message, listen to the answer. When they answer you, acknowledge it, ask another question. So through asking and verifying, you get to learn so much more than just talking. So that communicate and evaluate. You evaluate, is this person I wanna do business with? Are they trustworthy? Let me spend some more time. What if I test them with this? And then all that comes together. And that helps you a great deal to go to the next level in life. So that's what I do. So the, the, I, I know the book Think and Grow Rich. It's, it's interesting, but I liked how to make friends and influence people. And what ended up happening afterwards is like, I realized I don't have to make many friends. Sometimes I have to be very difficult and be willing to be unfriendly, to be willing to be difficult, to be willing to sue. And guess what? 
then things you force things right into what they're supposed to be sometimes you have to force and enforce ethics on others because they may play games so you put things in writing and you threaten and sometimes that's part of the game i i love that i love the ability to play the spectrum to not just pigeonhole yourself into one but recognize what role is required in order to complete this mission totally totally Final question I have for you, Sharif, and this one's one of my favorite questions. I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and as you're opening your eyes and you're coming to, you're a blank slate. You don't remember any of the years of real estate. You don't remember any of the conversations, the, the network that you've made, any of the experiences you had. It's not a scary movie, so you're not worried about your life. There's no threat, anything like that, but you're just empty again and you're starting fresh and as you come to a thought begins to come to your mind and Sharif as that thought comes to you there's no resistance to it you just fully accept it and you take it as 100% true and no one could ever convince you otherwise what would you prefer that first thought to be wow it's it's almost emotional because uh sorry my father at the end uh he, he was so mentally present and then uh, in the last uh, year and a half of his life, all of a sudden he just uh, had dementia. It was very difficult. So I, I totally understand. But I, to answer your question, I think the most important thought is that I love. And I think the greatest gift in the world is to love and be loved in return. And uh, that would be the most important thought. Thank you for that answer. I got to say, you are a very, very special man. I have interviewed a lot of people, some very amazing people, and rarely through video, through Zoom, does someone make me feel like I'm like, I feel very much throughout this entire interview. I want to say thank you immensely for that. It's thank just you. a testament to who you are and to the life that you live and the principles that you live by. Thank you. And I thank you for asking the right questions and listening. And you had some very powerful questions. You're a great man. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so thank much. You. So thank Sharif, you. for the people that have been listening now to us for about an hour and a half, and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. I want to get connected with him. I want to collaborate. I want to join the course. They like the way that you teach because you break things down. You do have a gift of being able to pass information on. Some people are doers. Some people are teachers and you happen to be one of those unicorns that can do both. And uh, like, I, I mean that I, I teach people I've teach, I taught kids and it's always really a special treat when I meet someone who can communicate well enough to actually pass information over to another person. So for the people that want to get connected with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Okay. The best way is to go to the website, www.cmrei.com. C like Charlie. M like Medawar, <laughs> R-E, real estate, I, investing.com. So CMREI is Sharif Medawar Real Estate Investing. And um, they could call my VP, uh, Ashley Jones, or anybody in the office, Nicole or Zach. And I'll give you the numbers, 844-720-1031, like 1031 exchange, huh? 844, so that's free call, 720-1031. Um, or if they want to email, they can email Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E at C-M-R-E-I.com. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, if they go to YouTube and put my name, Sharif Medawar, C-H-E-R-I-F, 
Medawar, M-E-D-A-W-A-R. They're going to see a lot of videos and each video they say, contact the office, this is the number, whatever. And they will learn. I want to help people. They will learn for free. If they want to contact us, they want to do some trainings or set up their own funds. We have a lot of success stories because we're doing it right. Sharif, I love that. Everybody that's listening, if you go down into the show notes below, you'll see I have all the contact information to make it really easy for you. I recommend you go and you connect with Sharif. If you were listening, if he resonated with you, that's a sign that this was the person you were supposed to be listening to. Take action on those signs. Those signs are the ones that change your life. Sharif, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you and I look forward to having you on for another episode in the future and for doing things in the future. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. I got a billion dollar mindset.